you downloaded this episode, I want to encourage everyone out there to listen to this entire episode. If you're an athlete that I've worked with in the past or maybe have followed some of my content, a coach, a colleague, athletic trainer, anyone that's looking to elevate your performance, this episode will help you to understand how to differentiate between information that you're seeing, you're reading, you're hearing, how to differentiate between high quality information and just mediocre information. In this episode, I'm going to break down how research and clinical applications really work with each other to improve human performance. And I also want to share some insights with some of the things that I've learned in regards to research in my early studies as a PhD student. You won't want to miss this one. I know everyone can take something away from this episode. Welcome to the HNL Movement Podcast, where everything is geared to leveling up your performance in activities, sports, and life. Join me in my professional journey as I share my knowledge and experiences while also learning from professionals, colleagues, clients, and you with one goal in mind, how to optimize human performance. This is the right place to learn how a multidimensional approach will sustain the performance and lifestyle you desire. Welcome back, everyone, to the HNL Movement Podcast. For any new listeners, thank you for joining in. You're in the right place to hear about all things that help you to elevate your performance. For all of my returning listeners, thank you again for joining for another week. For everyone out there, if you haven't heard some of the previous episodes, great guest interviews, some solo topics, all geared to strength and conditioning, injury prevention, rehabilitation, performance training, sports nutrition, how all of these categories, concepts really integrate with each other to help you elevate your performance. That is what this podcast is about. You can check out any of the previous episodes on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. And I'm also putting up YouTube video highlight clips on my YouTube channel. Just search for HNL Movement, HNL Movement Podcast, and you can find some of the highlight clips that coincide with the audio that you're listening to. If you find some value, some gems from these episodes, be sure to share it with family and friends. Tag me on social media. I would love to hear all of the feedback from everyone as well. Today's episode is a great one because I'm going to give more information and insight, things that I didn't learn throughout my professional career until I got into this position as a graduate research assistant in my PhD studies. But I'm not going to talk about all of the intricacies and the details of research. This is more to help everyone out there understand some of the ways that I am going to present content, where I'm coming from, and also anyone out there that is looking to understand and gain more value and benefit from what research provides. I'm going to try to keep this episode short and sweet, but I want to emphasize listen all the way to the end of the episode because this is something that I know everyone can take something away from. It will really help us to understand how to actually sift through some of the information out there and help us to train smarter, train better, and help us to elevate our performance. I want to start by going back maybe around a decade ago. And I was a first year grad student studying athletic training. And my curriculum, as most entry-level athletic training programs are and were, is it's heavily immersed into developing clinical skills. And because there's so many things that you have to learn, so many competencies that you have to study, practice, really research is kind of pushed on the back end because we're just trying to get up to par practicing all of our clinical skills. So honestly, during my grad program, 
I didn't really have much interest in research. I didn't really understand research. I understand that it is important somehow, but I didn't really know how to actually utilize the information from research to its fullest. And I would say this actually went on in my professional career. There has, don't get me wrong, I have read research. I have gravitated towards certain types of research, things that were applicable to what I was practicing. But still yet, in that big realm of all of the studies out there and all of the information out there, there were a lot of research articles that I thought, this isn't as valuable as I thought. And there were certain articles or authors that I really followed closely because I could see that it was making a difference in my understanding of information and how it was applying to how I practiced. And that's one of the key things. I think I made a lot of mistakes throughout my career looking through the research. And it's not because I wasn't trying or wasn't paying attention to things. I think it's just not understanding and not having the experience or someone guiding me through the process as well. And I want to share some of the mistakes that I've made. I made in grad school and early in my professional career is that when you're reading articles, because it's going through a strict peer review process, it's getting actually published. It has to go through all those steps. I kind of saw all of the articles out there as being really good. I kind of approached it as research must be true because it passed all of these steps to actually get published. I thought it was all going to be equally great information since it was, again, peer reviewed. A lot of experts looked at it, but that's not really true all the time. Not all published research papers are the same. Some are good and some aren't that great, even though it's getting published in journals. So that's something that I want to share because even me as a professional, I didn't really realize that. And for anybody that's looking through research articles, just understand that some articles are good and some are not that great. And I think that applies to everything, right? Everything in life, just because it reaches a certain minimum expectation, it doesn't mean that it's going to be exceptional. It could have just been okay. And same thing with research. The information sometimes is it's just okay. And the second mistake I think I made was that I assumed that because it's getting published in these journals, that all articles must be well-written. And that is not the case either. There are some articles that are very well-written and some that might be written poorly or confusing. I'll get into that in a second. And I think one of the biggest mistakes that I made, and I'm still learning how to get better at this, is I didn't know how to synthesize through research, meaning that you can't just read one article and just take that as face value and fact. And you think that's going to apply to every single situation dealing with that research question or that topic. That's really not how research works. One article can't give a clear cut answer or a black and white answer that applies to every single situation. And many times when you're looking at research and you're looking at a certain topic, maybe that you're interested in, something that you're looking to get more evidence on, you read articles and some articles are saying this is the outcome and other articles might say that it's the opposite outcome that they're finding. And that doesn't necessarily mean that they're presenting wrong findings. It's just the context. It's providing a little bit more information a piece of the puzzle that fits into the bigger scheme of things so in that situation it's not purely that it's inconclusive so we're not looking at the right things it might be you have to dig a little deeper go into the depth of the research and understand why are certain things happening and this might pose future research questions or even might present the way that we're looking at information. It might change and progress how we're understanding what is actually happening. And that's really research. It's this process of trying to move our understanding forward. 
So I hope that gave some insight. If you're a PhD student like me, if you're a professional practicing out in the field, it's understanding that there is a spectrum of research and more what we need to look at is how to actually synthesize this information to improve our understanding. And this is something that I'll explain why it's so important a little later in this episode. So I encourage people that's looking to get more information on a topic to learn how to synthesize some of the information, learn how to take it in so that it advances your understanding and try to look beyond just a single study. You can't just look up one study and think, okay, I got it and I have the answer to X, Y, and Z. It doesn't quite work like that. Another thing that I want to recommend to a lot of people, and this is what I do to this day, is if you're just trying to get a broad base understanding of a certain topic or certain line of research, I would recommend looking at big systematic reviews, position statements are often good too, just to provide a more well-rounded perspective, more so than just a single article. And I think that's where we need to get all of this information and kind of compile it in a way that it helps us to understand what are some of the things that we need to look at, what's important, and how can we use this information to help us to make an improvement in some way. Now, looking back when I was a grad student, a master's student, a lot of the articles that I came across, I think a lot of them were kind of confusing or it didn't really improve my understanding of that certain topic or that purpose of that article. Or most importantly, it didn't really change my clinical application too much. But when you think about it, when I started practicing early in my career, as clinicians, we're basing a lot of the things that we do on some type of evidence and some type of research that guides us into what we think may clinically work best. And on the flip side of that, whatever we're practicing clinically, that actually fuels our curiosity or what we're trying to do to improve some of the clinical practices. Stay with me for a moment because I'm going to explain why certain articles were confusing or didn't really help me to improve my understanding. But I will say that there were some articles and some authors and lines of research that really helped me to understand certain logic, certain evidence, certain ways of thinking about how to actually apply some of the research findings clinically. And I think that was the key is it really translated, the research translated into clinical practice and also some of the clinical practice around these articles that really drove some of the research questions or direction of research so that we can get more information and a better understanding to really throw back into clinical practice. Clinical practice and research, they really feed off of each other. One area will greatly benefit the other, and they need each other to progress the way that we're practicing and progress the way that we're looking at research and move everything in a forward direction. And I can honestly say that over the past decade already, over the past 10 years since I've been in grad school, a lot of my experiences clinically, I've gained a lot of valuable experiences. And that has helped me to develop some logic clinically, and it influences my research questions, what I'm curious about. And through my PhD studies, I'm still early on, but I am on a steep learning curve to learn all about research now and the research logic and how can we actually study things and how can we use this small piece of the puzzle to advance the big picture in the big scheme of research? How can we advance everything and move that forward? And part of my journey is not to only learn about research, but more importantly, I think it's how to better convey this information to the people that will benefit from it, who can benefit from it the most. 
and also get the information out and deliver it in ways that it's well received so that you understand and it improves your understanding as to how do I apply this to improve my life or improve something in this field of movement, exercise, really just elevating your performance again. So the big question is, how do I actually approach this? How do I do this? How do I practice this and keep getting better at delivering the information through research to all of those that can benefit from it in ways that they can improve their understanding? And recently, I just finished a very helpful book, and I would recommend it to any PhD students out there, even professionals who are looking to write more articles. That's not what this episode is about, though. I want to share some of the things that I've learned and thought about as I start to progress through my PhD studies and produce more content out there. So this book is by Dr. Joshua Schimmel. And it's called Writing Science. And I have it up here. I'll put it in the video clip on YouTube. But it's called Writing Science, How to Write Papers That Get Cited and Proposals That Get Funded. Now, this episode, like I mentioned, is not to go into the nitty gritty of writing papers. But this is more to help to make sense of research and utilize research to its full benefit. For any of my colleagues out there and PhD students, again, I would highly recommend giving this book a read. It had a lot of useful information and things that I'm looking forward to continue to put into practice as I start to write more and more papers and hopefully to get them published and make an impact in my field. But I want to just share some brief points that will help us to understand how to utilize research better. And this is both for the average person who has no experience in research and also colleagues that are looking to write and publish more papers. So for researchers out there, it's not about just presenting results. I think that's something that sometimes it doesn't provide much crossover or applicability into how to actually use this information to make a difference and improve something again. And one of the underlying themes that this book mentioned was that it's more about telling a story. Telling a story will help us to improve our understanding. It will help the readers to understand how will this make a difference. And thinking back again to when I said I read, you know, confusing articles before, it didn't really help me to understand how does this apply. It was more just presenting some of the results. For example, let's say that you're studying how much force the average person can create with a hammer right? Just a regular sized hammer. And let's say that we just reported that this is how much force this hammer can create across of 200 subjects or something. And you just presented the results like this is the average force. This is what we looked at. This is what we found. That doesn't really necessarily improve our understanding as to how to apply that or how to use that information versus a paper saying because we found it produces this kind of force, this is ideal for pounding a nail into a wall stud or this is too much force to nail a small nail to hang a picture frame, whatever the situation might be. It gave you some context as to how to apply this. Or even on the extreme end, the hammer is not the right tool or right amount of force to put a screw into the wall. You'll need a different type of tool. All of those types of insights help us as the reader or the audience to really improve our understanding as to how to apply some of the data from research. Another key theme from the book is really helping us to, again, synthesize information to improve our understanding. And when we start to do that, when we start to look at more than that one article again, when we start to look at how research is actually progressing, what pieces are fitting in to answer certain questions, that will help us to not only improve our understanding, but it will inspire more questions, more research, and it will progress the future direction of where research is heading so that we can continue to improve our understanding again. And when we start to do that, 
really good research articles. It fills in knowledge gaps that we need to further progress research. These small pieces, they add up because each piece provides a little bit more understanding for us to conduct the next study and the next study. And in the book, it gave a good statement saying that identifying knowledge gaps creates curiosity. Filling the gap creates novelty. And that's really what research is about. It's helping us to progress our understanding and how are we going to actually use this to make a difference in what we're doing. And when we do this, science is telling a story. It's telling a story in a way that conveys this understanding. Again, it's not just a list of our steps, our findings, what we did, how we did it, but it's more trying to interpret and tell a story as to why we're doing this, how we did it, and why this is important. And how is this going to influence the way that we do things and how is it going to benefit us? Now, when I say that, I don't want anyone to get it twisted. So you need to have sound research methods. You need to have the right instruments, the proper data collection. You need to have the ways to analyze this, proper statistical measures. Otherwise, your results aren't going to be valid, reliable, credible. You need all of that to be sound because that is how we're going to actually conduct research. But when we're trying to actually convey and present the research to the people that will benefit from this understanding, that is not the key point. We need to make sure all of that is sound, but it's more the story. How are you going to try to bring someone along to make them understand how this relates to them? And another theme in the book that I think is not stated enough, especially when it comes to people that aren't exposed to as much research, and I was grouped in this category as well, is that you need to understand that every study has limitations. No research is perfect. And that was something that I didn't fully understand until I started my program and my studies is that understanding limitations, that actually helps us to further understand how to conduct research. We need to understand the intricacies, what types of effects these limitations will have. Some are within acceptable means versus some limitations are too big. We need to revisit how we're actually going to study this. And once we understand and accept certain limitations, even this book shares that we can then focus on the meaningful results and how to advance our understanding despite these limitations. Because again, no research method, study, anything is going to be perfect. We're trying to control the things that we can control, but it's more about how can we actually interpret and make sense of the results. And that is the key again. It's going to be looking at the research as a whole and using the information in a meaningful way that will help us to make a difference in the future. So throughout my first semester, I've read a ton of different articles, all relatively related to some form of kinesiology, a lot of biomechanics articles, but even art other articles as well. And for people that are wondering, you know, what am I spending my time on? A good chunk of it is reading a lot of research. I must have read easily over 100 articles, maybe closer to 150 to 200 articles this past semester, just constantly sifting through research. And that has given me some experience and exposure to articles that are written not so well. And this book kind of sums it up, but also from just looking at articles, the articles that are not as valuable, 
there's some common themes. It seems to be a little bit more cluttered. Maybe there's distracting things in there that takes away from, you know, just reading the flow of the article. And you can't follow along that seamlessly through the article. It might be more wordy, verbose. Sometimes there's a lot of confusing statements. It might be redundant. But basically, it's things that kind of take away from the delivery of how they're conveying the information and how that improves your understanding. Versus some of the great articles that I've read, it's very clear. There's clear direction and logic. You can easily follow along from point to point. It does a good job in connecting the dots. It has good structure, concisely written, and it helps you to really relate and understand the information that they're presenting. And that's definitely what I'm going to practice throughout my PhD program. Learn how to convey this information in a better way, easily consumable way. And that's about learning how to do good science. And that's what this book kind of mentioned too, that learning how to do good science, it's really difficult. And for me, I definitely can see that and understand that. That is why my PhD program is going to be four years. People think, can't you finish it faster? Well, no, because there's a lot of things that I need to learn and I need to build off of each step so that I can actually do proper research. I need to understand everything from methodology to diving into the literature to figuring out research questions to actually study in a certain direction and certain line of research. And all of this, it might seem that, oh, it's a lot of time to do it in four years, but really there's a lot of things that need to be done in order for me to get to that step in my third or fourth year. And there are going to be a lot of challenges, obstacles along the way, it's not going to go perfect. And one thing that whenever you're reading research out there, another good quote that I took from this book, just to give the average reader some perspective and perception as to what is going on to produce good quality research articles. There's a quote from the Writing Science book that states, doing science is inherently an act of both confidence and humility. Confidence in developing your own ideas and data doing the work knowing it may fail, and then putting it out in the public where people can criticize it and you. Humility in that you know that those data and ideas are imperfect and incomplete, and you have to admit openly to the limitations. Too much confidence can blind you to the limitations. Too much humility can blind you to the accomplishments. So just think about that. When you're reading certain articles, it's really easy to bash on all these limitations or bash on this, this, but then you're looking past some of the meaningful results. And I think you're not getting the message or big strengths in that study. And that's what we need to do is understand that each article is just a small piece of the puzzle, but it can in some way improve our understanding. Now, like I said, there might be articles that the way that it's written or the delivery of the information, it may not be the best, but then it's really looking at what can I take home from this? What can I use to help to apply to make a difference? Because once you do that, then you're going to start to piece together and synthesize the information from the big world of research. And that's what we want to do. Now I'm going to wrap up really soon. At the end of this book, it's stated in an interesting way that as researchers, we need to do a better job of educating the public. It's not only about the content of research, but about the nature of research. And that's what I want to end with. This is why I'm pursuing my PhD, is because I want to learn more about 
how to get the information, how to do research, and most importantly, share that information with everyone. Share it on my platforms, share it through future research articles that I publish, get high quality information out there, and all to help people to improve their understanding so that they can gain benefit from understanding how to apply it. And I think that's the key that I want to emphasize is that you can read all of the research, but if it doesn't translate into you applying it to actually see meaningful results, then really it's just knowledge at that point. It didn't really help us to improve our understanding. When we actually can use it to improve our understanding and take it that step forward and apply it, that's when you're going to really fully realize the benefit of research. So with this podcast, hopefully I shared some useful insights, but when you look at research articles out there or just look at information in general, I encourage everyone to use it to advance your knowledge and not looking at it in a way that is out of context or looking at it as black or white with a distinct answer. Think of it more as this piece of knowledge is contributing to the bigger whole to improve your understanding. And that's what I plan to do in the future. So stay tuned, share this episode with anyone that you think it might help or benefit. But through my podcast, through my YouTube channel, social media, anything I do in the future, future presentations, workshops, seminars, things that I might want to do more of in the community, they're all going to be geared to finding ways to communicate some of the things that I'm learning, my line of research, and doing it in a way that people can benefit from this knowledge, improve their understanding, and most importantly, learn how to apply this to actually improve the quality of your life. And I plan to do this with not only biomechanics and kinesiology, but everything from strength and conditioning, injury prevention, rehabilitation, sports nutrition, performance training, how to actually get some of this knowledge and information to apply to actually make a difference in your life. And when you start to apply some of the things that we see conceptually through research and we start to see it work in real life, that is really when you are going to get full benefit from all of the research out there because now it's actually translating into the improvement that you are experiencing and witnessing for yourself. Overall, that's all that I have today. Thank you for tuning in and staying through the whole episode. Be sure to share this again with family, friends, listen into all of the previous library of episodes. There's some great ones there and stay tuned for more. I have a lot of great episodes planned in the near future. So be sure to subscribe to the podcast rate and review the podcast that will really help with the growth as well and check out my social media my youtube channel and feel free to contact me if you have any feedback for me other than that 2022 is in full swing so keep training keep working hard keep doing all of the things that you love doing stay healthy stay happy new episodes are released every tuesday i will be back here same time same place next week until then aloha